Wooden Heart. The bar was called the Black Forest. Everything in the Black Forest was carved from wood. Wooden spiders nestled next to wooden butterflies. Wooden ivy and a huge wooden boa constrictor coiled at the bottom of the real oak tree around which the bar had been built back in the 1600s. In the mornings, the cuckoo clocks chimed for 7am when Dinah the cleaner came in and scrubbed frantically until it smelled of bleach. By 9pm, it smelled of tobacco, whiskey, beer and piss from a thousand troubled kidneys. It was Harry's favourite smell. Disgusting as it sounds, it smelled to him like safety. Smell is a very underestimated sense. It's very resonant. Harry had had this conversation with Fat Tony, the bar manager, who'd thought about it for a while and then agreed. Onions were Fat Tony's earliest smell memory, he said. They reminded him of reaching up on a rickety stool to nick those sugary silver balls his mother used for decorating cakes. As he descended with his booty, he smelled the chopped onion she'd prepared for dinner. That's why he couldn't eat onions now. They smelled of guilt. This was the last conversation of any depth Fat Tony had with Harry, even though Harry was practically a permanent feature and had been since the day he came in. Fat Tony tried to avoid encouraging poetic thoughts in his customers. He didn't want to hear the story of how they came to be all broken and booze-soaked. Not because he didn't care, but because he was soft-hearted and he felt it, all their pain. So he just stopped listening. If he hadn't stopped listening, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did. Luckily, he'd had both his ears bitten off by a local gangster called the Crowman back in the 70s. And most days, it suited him to pretend he was deaf. Fat Tony's soft heart was the reason his bar was populated largely by broken alcoholics like Harry and teenage hustlers. Fat Tony didn't want to kick the kids out. He provided a kind of shelter for them here and they were good for business. Pretty, stick-thin girls and boys with black-rimmed eyes and black clothes dressed like they were already prepared for their own funerals. They had sprinkles of spots on their otherwise perfectly white skin, like the cake decorations his mother used. They were easily hurt, but as foul-mouthed as dockside sailors. Fat Tony got rid of the predatory pimps that hung around by telling them the police were on their way. The kids smelled of mouldy bedrooms and expensive perfumes nicked from the sample counters of department stores. It was the smell of despair. Years passed. The kids disappeared and got replaced by other kids. It seemed that they got younger every year. They still dressed in black. They smelled the same. Harry stayed in his seat in the corner, drinking his single malt Scottish whisky. Fat Tony marvelled at how little he'd aged, although his skin was a funny colour. They'd settled into a silent camaraderie, like an old married couple. Then in walked Lulu. She walked right up to Harry, like she knew him. She sat next to him and asked him for a drink. She whispered something and Harry laughed, a rusty sound that drew a gasp from Fat Tony as he'd never heard that sound before. Harry and Lulu talked all night. 
She was 15 years old, but she looked 12. Her eyes were huge and damp, as if she were about to cry, but she never cried. Harry noticed the perfect outline of a man's grip in bruises on her white arm. Harry and Lulu shared a bottle of whiskey, and she mistook his kindness for payment in advance. When the lights were dimmed after lock-in, she held his gaze and crept her child-sized fingers along the inside seam of his worn tartan trouser leg and discovered a blank. Nothing. Are you a girl? Lulu whispered. I don't mind, she said. My friend's a girl who dresses as a boy. I won't say anything to anybody, Harry. Is Harry short for Harriet? Lulu took her hand away gently. Harry'd stopped being a potential punter and had become a potential friend. No, no. I am a boy, said Harry. I just... I just wasn't finished properly. I mean, he didn't think to furnish me with all the usual parts. I suppose he never imagined that it would be necessary. Poor Harry, said Lulu. She felt a rush of love for Harry, worse off even than she was. Harry told Lulu all about it that night. How he had been a wooden puppet, a ventriloquist toy, made by Mr Parlichin. Harry had been Mr Parlichin's favourite puppet from the moment he was finished. Mr Parlichin ran his nicotine fingers over Harry's smooth legs and murmured, So beautiful. So beautiful. He made me, said Harry, and then he wanted me to be a real boy. He said I wanted to be real, but I didn't. He put those words in my mouth. Mr Parlichin was a member of a very exclusive gentleman's club called Pleasure Island, which serviced the unsavoury and clandestine tastes of the aristocratic perverts of London, as well as a few members of the judiciary. He told me that Pleasure Island was a happy land of carefree boys, where every day's a holiday and everything's free, said Harry. He took me there when I was still wooden, but I wasn't stupid even then. I saw those boys in Pleasure Island with their flat, empty eyes. They had less life in them than me. Their souls were stripped out of them. I don't know what they did to them in there, but it weren't no holiday. He made me real, whispered Harry, by painting me in blood. He used the boys' blood, murdered them after the men had used them up. He explained. I was made of pine. It's very absorbent. It took pints and pints of blood to soak down and colour me. It took pints and pints more to take the creaks out of my joints. Pints and pints more to spring me to life. And there's a price to play for blood loot and I paid it, not him. When I was a puppet I felt light and free. I wasn't happy but I wasn't sad. I, I didn't know what pain was or guilt. I was blameless, innocent, dumb, blank. Now I have this burdensome flesh, this heavy conscience. I killed him, Lou, said Harry. My own father, because I knew what he meant to do with me. 
I was a boy that no one would miss because I didn't really exist. Sold to the Pleasure Island and those sweaty men with their dark desires till I was worn out or dead. I killed him with his own axe and I ran straight here. This was the first place I could find all made of wood and I sat at the bar and I drank whiskey because I can taste the oak barrels in it and I feel at home but I'm sad all the time, Lou. I can hear all the boys whose blood was used to make me. Their voices sing in their blood. There's no point to me. Don't say that, Harry, said Lulu. I killed him before he'd finished me, Lou. I still have a wooden heart. Lulu considered this for a moment. Harry's heart must be the size of her fist. That's all. If he had a heart, he could be happy. He could love things. They could run off together and make a good life for themselves. She was still young enough to think that happy endings came in technicolour. Harry, whispered Lou. Come with me. For the first time in years, Harry left his stool and Lulu took him to a seat in the back of the bar near the jukebox. She wanted this to go okay for Harry. She wanted it to be a moment to treasure for always, so she picked a song off the jukebox to soothe them. Louis Armstrong, singing When You Wish Upon a Star. Lou cut into her wrist just a little. She was nervous. It felt more intimate than sex. You can have some, she said to Harry. It'll only take a little bit, won't it, and then you'll be real. Harry, dumbstruck, nodded. Lulu cut into her wrist and a fizz of red shot upwards and Harry leapt on her artery to stem the tide. His mouth closed around the flow. Her blood was warm and delicious. He'd forgotten how beautiful it was. This was what he'd been weaned on. It smelled of love. Harry swooned. He saw red before his eyes, lost consciousness, slept. When Harry woke, Lulu was limp in his arms. Her milky skin was grey. She'd stiffened. It was as if by giving him her blood she'd now turned to wood herself. He talked to her but she wouldn't answer. He felt his heart beating in his chest. He felt such aching melancholy that he cried for the first time. A little boy who can't be good, he said out loud. Might as well be made of wood. He jumped to his feet as he heard the sound of the key in the lock and realised that Fat Tony was coming in to open up. All the blood, Lulu's blood, rushed to his head and exploded into a thousand tiny shooting stars. I wish I was wooden again, Harry said, his new heart pounding. I wish I was wood. Behind the bar, next to the whiskey bottles, sits Harry, the ventriloquist dummy. Fat Tony named him after his friend who disappeared the same day that he turned up. Fat Tony sometimes spoke to the little puppet, telling him his worries, asking his opinion, even though he knew he'd get no answer. Harry the puppet has a few drops of what looks like blood on his old tartan jacket that, try as he might, Fat Tony can't scrub out. 
and if he's ever moved away from the whisky bottles, he reappears next to them the following day. You can still see him there, if you ever find yourself in the Black Forest Bar before closing.